When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, you want more? More. Oh, uh, this good? Oh, wow, that was extreme. Edging with Tucker and Mora. a dm this morning you guys gonna do the podcast i'm like yeah <laughs> it's so weird what the one of the biggest obstacles was and it was just like coming up with a name for the podcast thing and then we did we did although it wasn't us we had some stupid ones too oh yeah don't even get into the stupid ones. i want to get into it because I, I know <laughs> we were tossing things around but um, you know brainstorming somebody yeah. says something you're like put we're, it on the board we were just trying to think of like a one word name for our podcast yes so it wasn't just like the Tucker and Mora podcast mm-hmm. and uh, in the end I think it was our boss who uh, suggested the one that we uh, ended up thinking yeah. was cool we were like on the edge something off the edge living on the edge you know like <laughs> all variations of um uh, you know based on the radio station that we do our radio show on which is called the edge and then our boss is like edging we're like oh yeah good one Bring down to the lowest common denominator. Yeah, edging. It's or is it the highest common denominator because isn't edging a form of uh Kama Sutra and Tantric. Tantric yeah. is yeah. the word I was looking for. Thank you very much. Yeah. Edging is a term that uh, they use in painting when you're right uh, <laughs> at the, you know, you, know, you can yeah. edge along sure. there. But also in sex, it means you're just riding that line mm-hmm. and you stop yourself before you reach the uh, the, the goal post. Well. The finish line. And you, uh, you kind of just like start over again and you just ride that line as hold, long as you can. Well, that energy that, inside you, That's right? what edging is. Mm-hmm. But it's so. also just like a cool name based on the fact that we work <laughs> on a station called The Edge. <laughs> By the way, this is uh, Lexus on Fire, a song called Mistaken Information. And uh, we had a chance to hang out with Dallas Green, who's, of course, a member of Alexis on Fire, but also uh, is City in Color. And I asked him, like, this was a song I thought could very more likely be a City in Color song. And he said, yeah, it kind of was a City in Color song until the rest of the guys in the band uh, heard it and Alexis on Fire. And they kind of like they're like made it an Alexis song. Let's do this. Yeah. Uh, We had a cool uh, evening. Actually, we have some of the audio. And uh, we haven't been able to play on a radio show, but mm-hmm. should we play a little of this? Yeah, I think it was really cool. Like a lot of people really wanted to be at this exclusive kind of intimate evening where we had, you know, the bar was going, Dallas was there, and we had this interview in front of a live studio audience. So we now have the audio. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I think he was really honest and candid with his uh, answers. So I'd love to hear him back. I mean, he talked a lot about this new album he's got coming out and it was a vi- visual album release. So everybody there got to hear and see the videos for the album right away. Uh, what I want to start with was actually a question you asked, Maura, that okay. I thought was kind of fun, which is, uh, does he ever like try and surprise people by being uh, acoustic guitar guy around the fire pit? <laughs> right. Here's the question. Have you ever been in a situation where you're like around a group of people who don't know what you do for a living? Like, let's just say like a campfire and a guitar comes out <laughs> and somebody's playing something and then they're like, does anybody know any other songs? And then like it comes to you. Do you ever like say, oh, I know, I know no, a song. I would never. I would you, would, never you, would, you would stay back from absolutely. that? Absolutely. I had a great moment the other day. This is not a campfire or a guitar related thing but uh, when I was in Edmonton last weekend for the Junos I went to have dinner by myself across the street from the hotel as soon as we got there and I sat beside this woman who at the bar who was like you in town for the Juno thing and I was like yeah and she was like I don't know anything about it I was like great what do you do and she turns out she worked in the correctional it was insane she told me the most insane stories all night and it was great hmm you know, that's so maybe that's the kind of person you want to have, you know, have fame because they just oh, are yeah. like, so want to keep a low profile. Like I sing, I play these songs. I'm happy people enjoy them, but I don't want to be like surrounded by, you know, fans all the time telling yeah. me how great I He's am. He's the opposite of the Kardashians. Like he doesn't yes. want to make a big scene yeah. when he comes into a place. Also, I love that he was eating by himself and like struck up a conversation with the person next to him because I've found that oftentimes they place singles next to each other at a restaurant or a bar and that literally happens. You just start start talking to the person that's next Mm. to you. Hopefully they do have a cool job. Man, I'd have a million questions to answer to ask somebody who's worked at a jail. Yeah. Must be so intriguing. But like, you know, for it not to turn around to like, what do you do? I'm like, "Ah, I'm a musician. And then, you know, wouldn't it inevitably come back to you? Yeah, but, but it's it's weird to me, like, you think if you're, you know, you can play an acoustic guitar and sing like Dallas can, he doesn't need to have five people around him playing to make the song sound good. No. You'd think that you'd love an opportunity <laughs> to surprise someone with your ability. No, but. man. I, I mean, I'm not Dallas Green by any stretch, but I hated it myself. Because if you are a musician, that's what you pride yourself on when you're writing songs, when you're performing and stuff. And then you don't always want to be on because when you're on stage, like you're putting a whole thing out there. And like if you're just hanging out, having some beers at a campfire, you don't want to be that guy because you feel like you have to be the rock star that's on the stage. You don't, you can't just be that guy because the guy that brings the acoustic guitar out is always the guy that's learning how to play and he thinks he's really cool and he's going to pick up a chick by playing a song. You know what I mean? Yes. You, you're, you're, if you are a name where, you know, you, that's what you do for a living, people are going to expect the best thing ever and sometimes you don't want to do that. You don't want to lower yourself to become a guy who just knows to <laughs> yeah, how to play man. I also 20 think it, seconds of every song yeah. but only 20 seconds before he like has to change songs and he's trying to pick up a chick. I feel like it has something to do with the fact that that's what he does for a living too like now he's around a campfire for example he doesn't want to do what he does for a job 
He's there to relax, you yeah. know? I guess I can relate to that in the sense that I hate when, like, say, um, my kids, I used to pick them up at school. Now they walk home alone. So I, I really have met, like, hardly any of their high school teachers. I just mm-hmm. hear the names. Mm-hmm. And chances are you don't meet them unless there's a problem. Right. Or they graduate, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I used to hate when I would go pick up my kids from the elementary school and then a teacher or, or some other like kid's parent knows what you do. And then they start talking about bits you did on the radio. Like, oh, oh heard, you, heard you peed on your duvet cover on the weekend. You know, like whatever it is. <laughs> oh, God. I, I don't want to talk about stuff that we talked no. about on this show. Just because we're open, you know, on the air doesn't mean like I want to keep talking about it when I've got my eight-year-old at the time with me. Oh, 100%. You know? I actually pretend that there's actually no one listening. Yeah, that's, that's the best I, way to do it. I feel safe telling those stories. And then when somebody's like, oh, my God, I heard about your mole that someone mistook for a nipple. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Somebody brought that up at the Dallas show. Like, oh, oh really? I bet you're sick of hearing that mole joke. And I'm like, oh, my God, don't bring <laughs> yeah, up yeah, my yeah, mole. Yeah. Please. Like I thought was your nipple. Yeah. It was right there. It's a pretty great story, it's though. Yeah, it's great, but it never goes away. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, exactly. You don't want to hear about that. But I, it should be different when you just have these ama- this song catalog and you can just jam on a song. Mm. Yeah, but you're like the thing is you're at a campfire and everyone's having fun, and the whole point of the campfire is to have a laugh, and you're laughing at the guy who can barely play the guitar. You don't want to take over the scene and make it about you. Yeah, right? and you know plus what you do? People. You, you cover a song, then you do a song. Cover Cover and yeah. a fun one or something, some he, dorky song. They're gonna think he's so good that they're gonna make him keep going. And now uh, he's doing a concert and and he's working. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. He's not gonna get to stop. He's not gonna pass the guitar off to the next guy. Yeah, because who's gonna play after that? Yeah. yeah. Party's over. It's uh, probably a party killer. Anyway, let me let me play a little City and Color here because I feel bad we're talking about City and Color and we played an Alexis on Fire song. What a voice. Oh, my God. Yeah, a question I I didn't get to that I would have liked to ask him is, does he have to, like, baby that voice? And if he's got a show coming up, does he have to not talk for two days? Because it seems like it would be the kind of voice where... He can't afford to have a crack on the way. You know, some people are singing that kind of, they can bake their way through it. I mean, he's got a voice of an angel. You do have to baby it. Like, I remember I took, you know, some singing classes and you have to take care of your instrument because it's on the inside of your body. Like your trumpet or your trombone, you can just like throw some fluid through there and clean it but you can't do that with your throat you actually have to take care of it yeah some people just are so good at it that doesn't matter you don't have to worry about your drum kit you know oh you just replace a thing your throat you might have to operate on it yeah Uh, another question that we uh, asked him uh, Dallas Green of City and Color and Alexis on Fire is um, like when did he discover that he could really sing like what was that moment and he said it had to do with a high school teacher that he had but it wasn't until I was in like 11th grade or something where I, you know, I would sing for my mother and I would sing for my sister and my house and stuff. But I didn't sing for any friends or anything like that until my English teacher, Mrs. Modelo, heard me singing in the back of class with my headphones on. Like I used to just make mixtapes and as soon as class was over, I would put my headphones on and she heard me singing and was like, you play guitar and stuff, right? And I was like, yeah. She's like, do you sing? And I was like, well, I sing in my bedroom, yes. And she basically just like 
blackmailed me into singing in front of the class. She rented out there, not rented, but there was like a room at the high school, not unlike this. It was called Room 114. It was like the audio-visual room at DM, yes. And she was like, uh, I came to, to class one day, and she was like, I booked the, uh, I booked Room 114 for the end of the week. You're going to be singing in front of the class, so you better learn three songs. Oh, my God. And I, I was like, fuck, okay. <laughs> and I did. I, 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 you know, instead of English class that one day, we went, we all went to Room 114, and I sat in front of everybody and sang like a, I sang probably like a, a Weezer song and a, maybe a Green Day song or something. And, th- you know, and then my friends kind of came up to me afterwards. It was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> and I sort of have done that ever since. Just sort of sing and hope people are like, oh, that's good. Is that teacher still around? She is. She actually, uh, we still talk. Um, years ago, she just retired and her and her husband were traveling around Italy on their sort of like, we did it. They were both teachers forever just so happened that I, I was playing this like insanely old theater in a small town in Italy and they were like an hour away from it and they drove and saw me play in Italy in oh. front of like like a thousand people in an old theater and I got to tell that story and be like, my, there she is right there, Mrs. Mary Jo Modolo. Oh my God. Yeah. Pretty cool. This one's going out to Mary Jo Monolo, <laughs> my teacher who uh, convinced me to sing in front of the class. That's did, pretty amazing. Did you have anyone in your life like that, Bundes? Because Bundes was in a band for a long time, and uh, did you have a teacher who like pushed you to that, or were you just always wanted to be a rock star? Uh, I started playing music when I was seven. Started oh, yeah? playing the drums, had an interest in that at first, and then I uh, switched to the guitar fairly quickly. Mainly taught myself how to do the stuff. Mm-hmm. I took one guitar lesson because I didn't know how to solo. I got the guitar teacher to show me a basic scale. Um, Did you perform at a variety show that you maybe high school put on or talent show, whatever you guys would have called it? I mean, I had music teachers. I was in band. I played like percussion in all the orchestras and stuff like that. And the teachers were always really impressed with me. And I learned lots of stuff from them. It was always great because I was pretty ahead in music. Uh, I would get like basically skip classes all the time because the, the rest of the class had to figure out how to play the songs. And it was like, all right, Chris, Tommy, the percussion guys, you can go yeah. screw off or whatever. So it was kind of cool. But everybody that I ever engaged with musically like they always encourage me to do to keep pushing like whether it was my parents or teachers or friends and and you kind of need that when you're doing music right like well you need people to be honest with you because if you suck at it you don't want to be told to keep trying but you didn't do like a cool rock show for uh for the <laughs> talent night in the auditorium of the high school oh yeah we did song? that yeah yeah we did that well did, did you remember what you played silver chair yeah, tomorrow? Uh, no, it was a little bit later. Anthem for the year 2000. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. Um, uh, Nobody asked you. Who uh, will? Is- <laughs> I did the cheesiest song, uh, Jewel, Who Will Save Your Soul. Oh, really? Yeah. At a talent show at school? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we, what did you think was going to happen after you did that? Did you think people were going to be like, oh, I don't my know. God, you're the best, I, moron. I fucking killed it. I did. <laughs> did yeah. And, but was everyone like, huh? 
Oh, people loved it. Did they? I also, uh, Dave Veege played on the guitar for me, and he was super cool in school. And oh, yeah? Very cute. So it went over well. So it upped <laughs> your um, status at that school after that performance then? Yeah, that's, uh, you know, later in later in high school, I was out of the back brace. I, I had, you know, I had my confidence. It was all good. Yeah. So people were cheering for you. Yeah, it was good. I mean, I wasn't, uh, listen, when the high school like rock band went up that I would assume would be the equivalent, although they weren't like as professional as you guys were abundance, they killed it. Like that's what everyone wanted. They don't want to hear Jewel, who will save your soul. It's like a bit of a downer, but I know I slayed at it. Like I I felt very confident with my singing ability, but it wasn't like a, yeah, (laughs) moment. It wasn't cool in that regard. Yeah. Mm. Well, when I played uh, in front of my school, no, I never did. You never no, did. I never did any band. No. no band. Oh yeah, I did. Sorry, you're, I had played the saxophone <laughs> in grade eight. Nice. And, the sax. Uh, yeah. Really. I think I played. I think I did grade seven and grade eight. I was in. You know, you could pick options at school. Yeah. And it, like at what we thought was an easy one would be music. And so it started with the clarinet for like, I don't know, a few weeks. And because I could make noise out of it, they quickly transitioned me into the alto sax. Oh, you get, that's you a get compliment. To do like a careless whisper George Michael cover or something? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I remember my uh, high school teacher in Scotland uh, was like, we they had a way better music program than we did growing up in Guelph, like with all the instruments and everything. And... I wanted the sax, but I ended up getting the clarinet. But I remember the teacher going through saying, why did you pick the clarinet? And everyone getting the answer wrong until somebody finally answered. I wasn't good enough for the saxophone. (laughs) No, I like the sound. And the teacher's like, that's right. That's why you picked this instrument, because you like the sound of it. It's like, oh, my God. Meanwhile, most people just want to pick something that looks cool. That's easy you know? or that and looks cool. You don't cool. have to carry home. I mean, if you had oh. to carry a tuba, my brother played the tuba and he had to bring that sucker <laughs> yeah. to and from school. What? Yeah. That's crazy. That's a crazy instrument yeah. to have to lug around. Imagine you you chose the stand-up bass. Oh. <laughs> Things like carrying a body. Yeah, it is. It's massive. That's badass, though. Yeah, so I guess I was in a band, you know, and you'd have to put on your white shirt and black pants and go do, you know, two concerts a year yep. and, you know, hope that you weren't the one who squeaked the most, <laughs> even though it probably was me. Play Oh When the Saints Go Marching On. Wasn't that Marching cool? Marching in. Marching in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, whatever it's called. Exactly. Marching on. Oh, when the Saints Go Marching On. Marching in. Same difference, isn't it? Close. Uh, not really, but yeah. Well, getting back to another question that Dallas answered, uh, Mora asked him what he would be doing if he didn't make it in music. Have you ever wondered what you would be doing if this music thing didn't work out? Like, what would your career be? I would be a guy working a job, trying to be a musician for a living. <laughs> yeah. You'd still be trying. Yeah, I didn't really think about anything else, you know. I wasn't really interested in much else, and I wasn't didn't seem to be good at anything else. Uh, yeah, I'd probably still be working at the mall in St. Catharines. What store did you work but at in the mall? I worked at the Foot Locker. I worked at the West 49. I worked at the Sunrise Record and Tapes. I worked at the Silver City, the cinema. Wow. What was your favorite? The cinema. Yeah. yeah. Free movies. No, Penn Center. <laughs> Center. Yeah, cinema, you get to go free movies. Yeah. 
Free yeah. popcorn. Free popcorn. Take the popcorn home with the other night. <laughs> I would have thought he'd say the record store. Yeah, you would think, but oh my God, have I used to live next door to a movie theater in Montreal and I would just go, I didn't have cable at the time. I would go to see movies all the time. And then once you get through and you get your ticket ripped, I would bounce from theater to theater. Sometimes I'd see three in a row because it's like, what abs, you know, nothing to do. Three in a row. Yeah. That's a commitment right there. There was a time. I can't stay sitting down that long. I think I'd have a migraine by the halfway through the second movie. Ah, And then a friend shows up, you know, it was, it was the best, honestly. And there was a time there where I had seen all the movies in the theater. Like, like you couldn't bounce to another theater? I had seen them all. Seen, it? seen them all. <laughs> Seeing movies like you would never normally see. It was really fun. I only did that once. And I think the reason was um, I was at a different, I was watching a different movie than my kids were at or something. Oh, okay. Like a bunch of us went to a theater, but we weren't all watching the same movie. And I had some time to kill Okay. before... Um, before the theirs was going to let out. So I think I went into a Fast and Furious movie that I was playing and watched 20 minutes of it. And yeah, they don't really notice. I, I guess once you pay to get in, they don't really care. I think the matinee crowd is different. I think if you go prime time and you're seeing a big movie, there's somebody there ripping your tickets or checking your tickets at least when yeah. you go in. And then you got assigned seating in some theaters. Oh. So you have to be careful that you don't like grab somebody's seat that they've reserved in advance. Totally. That kind of thing. I mean, I worked at a record store in a mall. Mall's a pretty fun place to work. I bet. Like all different people, different vibes. Hardest part of working retail like that for me was learning how to stand up for eight hours. Oh my God. It is like, it's excruciating and you don't even think about it you until don't. you're in that situation because- when in life are you asked to just stand up and kind of not be walking or moving in a direction for that long? Yeah. And I learned a, that st- uh, serving, you know, or being yeah. uh, behind the bar, like my back True. would be ruined. You have to wear the right shoes. And then to think that at like certain places they would request that you wear heels. Oh, that, and you're oh doing, as a server. As yeah. a server. It's like, what? Like I, I'm, I'm dying. Like I can't imagine. Yeah. No, yeah, that was that was tough, but like working in a music store was kind of fun because you always like you could pick the music and put it on and yeah, create the vibe. You create a vibe. Yeah, you were responsible for the vibe in the store, right? Yeah, except I was in like the lamest of the music stores. What was the store? Globe Music. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have a huge classical music section? No, but people would come in and they'd be like, uh, they'd be you know first language French, didn't know much English, and they'd try and tell you what they're looking for. Rock was it? No, it'd be, but they they wouldn't know how to say it. In some cases, they'd be like nubbed, nubbed. And you'd be like, okay, like you know, you, it was like the biggest challenge to try and figure out what they were saying. No, but, and you'd be like, okay, well, let's see. And then we're kind of looking around, and then eventually you'd be like, oh, no doubt, you want the no doubt album, gotcha. you know? Nubbed. <laughs> but you know, like if you if you don't speak English and you're just reading the letters on the cover, or you hear like sure. a, see a music video on TV, yeah, and they come in, so yeah, the, <laughs> the the language divide made it a little more challenging. Yeah, Andre Andre Ryu or whatever his name was, he was a big seller at that time. Oh People yeah, would come in and ask for that one. But uh, wait, what, did you work at a mall? You worked at Rona, I guess. Eh? You I never work worked in a mall. I did work in a mall for a hot minute. I um, I took a job at Guess selling clothes as the men's fashion expert. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah. my God. Fashion expert. I love it. But when I took that job, I had just started uh, interning at the radio station. So it was like working in the mornings 
at the radio station, going to school, mm-hmm. and then going at night to to work out on my feet, you know, and it was just too much. Not I, possible. I yeah. couldn't keep up with all of it. Did so. you learn how to fold the perfect clothes? Yes. You did, Did eh? you have a board to fold stuff? No, I did it hand freestyle. Yeah. Whoa. They taught me how to do it. Uh, it was it, just interesting, like all the little things that you don't really know about. I mean, just like where the pockets are in a jean, right? Like, and how that looks on this person's butt. Like little things that you don't really yes. think about. Where the back pockets sit is so important. Really? How yes. to frame your butt, yeah. What do you mean? Well, so, sometimes the pockets can be low on the pair of jeans, so they're catching like the smile line of your bum. Sometimes they can be high placed, so they're just above the smile line. All that impacts how your butt looks. So where's your preferred place to have the pockets? Uh, it depends on the cut, but with higher waisted jeans, you don't want that pocket too low. It's going to look like you have the longest waist in, yeah, okay. of all time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you would see someone's body type and you could be like, oh, you need higher pockets. Yeah, that, we, dude. you need this cut jean. Yeah, yeah. Huh. It's interesting, the things that you'd learn working in a fashion store. That's good to know. My sister actually worked at a hotel when she was in university, and she learned how to make a kick-ass bed. Like, she can make a bed fast and make it professionally. Those little skills, I swear, can't go wrong, mm-hmm. right? And I know if a French person asks to hear knob, it means no doubt. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Un demon spécial, right? Un demon spécial. <laughs> I worked at a French, well, I worked in radio in Montreal. I learned that one really quickly. People would be like, oh, and the demand special. Yeah, see play, and I'd be like, bien sûr. Yeah. Well, look at that, Mora. Bundes, we just podcasted. Yeah, good for us. A little edging for you there. It's right. It's a new name. <laughs> Brand new season of the podcast. And uh, yeah, we'll have new episodes uh, every week while the season goes on. Mm. Thanks to our special guest, Dallas Green, on this one. That's right. Regardless if he knew he was going to appear <laughs> on our podcast, there you have it. And uh, even though City and Color have a new album coming out. At the end of this week as we record this, which is like, I guess, March 31st, um, this is Alexis on Fire from their album that came out last June. That was part of the reason why apparently the the City and Color album has been ready for over a year, but mm-hmm. they didn't want to release an Alexis on Fire and a City and Color album at the same time. It's a good problem to have. Yeah, right? I have too much music to put out, you know. Just sitting on a whole other <laughs> pile of work that you finished <laughs> yeah. and you can tour behind. Well, thanks for checking out this podcast and uh, apologies for the delay in getting to it. Had to come up with a name and a fancy intro and stuff. There's been a lot going on. This whole transition to the new radio station, you know, it it took the back burner for a while. And if you want to listen to us on our new radio station, it's 102.1 The Edge in Toronto, edge.ca to stream online or, you Mm -hmm. know, Radio Player Canada app. You'll find us there too.